Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas, ready to talk about some motorsports tonight. This is John Massengill, and sitting in the studio with Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser. How's yeah, it going, boys? Good. Oh, yeah. Doing good, doing good. I'm ready for some motorsports. You know? Well, we are about to talk to what we call the hardest working man in motorsports, Motor Connor Daly. We're going to talk some Formula One. MotoGP was racing today. And we got some other stories we're going to touch on, a little W Series. and uh, But I think... We do. Producer says we have Connor Daly on the phone. Yay. Connor, Connor Daly, welcome back to Speed City. Thank you, guys. How are you? Good. We're doing, doing great. Good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Weekend off. Very rare. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't see you anywhere listed <laughs> on the grid or anywhere. What did you get into this weekend? <laughs> well, actually, I was I was racing go-karts at IMS. So uh, we had a... <laughs> USAC had a go-kart race at the Annapolis North Speedway, and my little brother was racing there. So uh, I showed up on Friday, and, and uh, thanks to the, the Margate go-kart chassis guys, they pulled a cart off the show, the show stand and, uh, and threw me in it. So I, I, uh, I got talked into racing. That's, like, I, that's <laughs> like your entire career. Your entire career. Somebody pulls an extra car, and there's <laughs> Connor Daly standing there, and they give it to him. <laughs> yeah, but how Very cool is it? Very similar to my entire life. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's Junior? How good is he? Well, we, uh, I honestly didn't even show up till halfway through the first practice day and qualified second out of 62. So I was like, all right, here we go. I guess I got to race now. <laughs> oh yeah and what about your brother how good how, how did he go uh my little brother he he just started racing so he's uh he's just getting into it trying to help him out a little bit um he he, he knows that it's probably not a career thing and he's just doing it for fun right now which i respect because it is a very difficult career and i think he's seen that for me but you know what he's having a good time and uh and that's all that matters for the family right now we're talking of your career um this season must be a little bit more satisfying than some of the previous because we've we've had you on the show a bunch of times and it always has been, you know, uh, feast of famine. And I think this year you are getting some good seat time and you're proving why uh, you deserve that seat time. How are you enjoying 2019? Honestly, man, it's been a great year. I can't complain. Um, you know, we've, we've had strong finishes all year long. Um, I've, I've raced a lot of random stuff. You know, started out the year in the American Endurance Racing Series. We won two races in a row, then won the next race in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Series. Um, you know, we haven't finished lower than 11th all year long in anything, uh, any series that we've wow. been in. So um, we've had, you know, seven, I think six races in the top five, whether it's sports cars. Uh, and, and then obviously in IndyCar, we haven't finished lower than 11th. So it's, it's been a good year. Um, it's been obviously a very diverse and interesting year. Um, but you know, this is how my career has gone and I'm still going to be the guy that 
will drive anything at any time. And obviously we've shown that as soon as, you know, the Indy 500 went really well, but Carlin needed a driver two weeks later and, you know, I was obviously able to step in. So it's, it's been, it's been weird. It's been interesting, but typical of my, uh, my, my, my life, I guess. You know, Connor, I was reading something on the IndyCar website a little while ago and it says, was talking about uh, you when you raced with Carlin in IndyCar. It says, Daly hopped into the 59 Gallagher Carlin Chevrolet and despite limited track time with the team before the race, put in a solid performance and netted in nearly a top 10, the 11 you're talking about. And I highlighted that despite limited track time with the team because I feel like that that's like a clause on every one of your, <laughs> your stories about you. But what I don't get is that Everybody, if everybody sees that, right? It's like he does great despite this. He does great despite this. I just, it's hard to believe that somebody doesn't put you full time in something at a high level like IndyCar. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's just hard. I mean, it, it's one of those things that I think the, the whole month of May with Andretti is what I wanted to prove, right? We were able to work with a, a good team, a top-of-the-line team, some of the best people in the sport, uh, people that I really appreciate and, and guys that I'll never forget working with. Um, and, you know, we did the fastest lap of the entire month. Uh, we qualified, you know, 11th uh, out of an incredible field of drivers, you know, right in, in, a, in the same row as Marco Andretti and Elio Castroneves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and we ran out for an all-day. So it, it's one of those things that, um, you know, we were the best one-off guy. Uh, we were, you know... I feel like I'm doing my job, but it, but it's, it's still one of those sports that is so difficult and you got to be the right place, the right time, the right situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel like I, I'm not upset right now. Like I, I do feel good about what we've done this year and I, I can't complain at all. And I'm not upset about where I am. Um, but, but all, all I'm looking forward to is 2020, whether or not I do more IndyCar races this year or not, doesn't really matter. I mean, I, yeah, it would be great, but like, I'm here to try and be a full-time competitor and compete for championships and try and race wins. And, and that's the goal, but, uh, but it's certainly been a very difficult road. And, 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 and did we move the needle with Indy? I, I don't know. I, I think so. Um, but it, but it's, it's really hard to say until we get into sort of, you know, late August and September when people are really starting to think about next year. And, and realistically, I, you know, I, I only want to be with, you know, an Andretti team or, or a team that can, that can really fight for, you know, for the front of the grid. Cause I've already done the back of the grid. I've already done the small teams. I've done that. And it's just, you know, whether or not we finish on the podium or lead laps, it, it doesn't matter to these, to these big teams. So uh, it's an interesting spot to be in, but I do, I do really feel satisfied with, with what at least I've been able to do as a driver this year. And, we just got to keep working on everything on the side to try and you know put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Well, it is fun to watch your career. I, I, I mean, it's it. You seem to always have a good time with it. I love to follow you on social and Twitter and everything. And in fact, today I was following you on Twitter and I was looking around and and something reminded me that you were a bit of a gamer. And so I jumped. <laughs> I jumped on Twitch. And I saw. I, Explain I, what that is. I, well, yeah, uh, Twitch is just what you when you when you're playing on Xbox or PC game, you can stream your game to Twitch, and then tr- Twitch is kind of like YouTube. You stream it live, and then it leaves it up there. And Connor, if you don't mind, I've got a little clip I want to play of one of your Twitch races. Would that be all right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's play this. Let's play this clip real quick, and we'll talk about it. Oh man, the wet is brutal. Yeah, there's no bread. 
course, you're destroying everyone. I'm just trying to catch. <laughs> this, this actually, this, this worked out really well because it's probably drive, so it's not overly powerful. Yeah. It breaks. Oh, oh no. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is red flag conditions. Oh, here's me going straight into the wall again. Yep. This is when I get trolled on the internet, like useless at Forza. <laughs> I love his own commentary. Yeah. I love that. Well, what I what I like about it is that Connor. It looks like Connor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you play with anybody that'll join in and uh, and and invite him to play? That's a really interesting clip that you chose there. Because <laughs> even even I, I get Alex Rossi, Spencer Pickett, Colton Hoda. They all play with me, and there are a couple other ones that I was hoping you were going to play. Cause <laughs> there's a lot of really entertaining stuff there, but that was, that was one of the more, one of the more subtle clips that you could pick. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's fun, man. I mean, honestly, you got to be a diverse brand these days, right? Like, you yeah. Gotta be, yep. You got to be everything you can be. And, and, and what are, what are millennials and what are younger people doing right now? They're playing video games. And what are, what are we seeing most right now in motorsport is the, the embracing of esports, I guess. Yep, you know what yeah. I mean? Fernando yeah, yeah. Alonso has got a huge presence in esports. I mean, McLaren does. All the Formula One teams have a Formula One esports team, mm. and and so does NASCAR. And so that's you know that's a huge area for 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 sort of getting those younger people to be engaged with our sport again. And I I am trying to do that because IndyCar is the only sporting the only racing series right now without an official esports league. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've honestly convinced guys around me, like I play fours of seven all the time and I convince, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with Alex Rossi, you know, right now. And like, we play fours all the time and like, we'll, we'll go out there and do it. So why not broadcast it to our fan base and get people engaged and play with some of our fans? Because honestly, some of that stuff is some of the most rewarding experiences for our fans. And, and I, I've, the amount of people that have come up to me at the track during the month of May, like, Hey, I, I tuned into your Twitch streams or Hey, like I played fours with you once. It's like, that's cool for everyone, right? And it's, no kidding. It's, yeah. With with our level of technology right now, we got to be able to embrace that and sort of evolve with our, you know, with our fan base. Because if we want to embrace that younger generation and continue to gain fans, we got to look towards the millennials. We got to look towards younger people. So I'm certainly working at it. I'm. I think I'm the only one doing it. But, <laughs> but if I can. If I can do it, you know, then I'll try my best. Well, now, you know, I know you're not really talking to me in this, but I'm, now I'm getting interested. I may have to, you know. Well, this is exactly why I wanted you to do this, Connor, because we've been following all the esports that Formula One's doing. And, you know, like Jan Maldenborough, who went through that entire series of online gaming and got a ride, yep. got a drive. And, sound, yeah. and But it's, it is where you're doing exactly right. And I, I mean, in my notes, I wrote down that while you were inviting all these guys to play, you said, hold on, let me see if Alex can play. And I think you either texted him or whatever and said he couldn't play right now. And I was thinking that is really smart to get people engaged. I mean, that the, that the off chance they might stumble across you guys playing and, and be able to get to play. And, and by the way, my son's a huge gamer. Right. And, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there going, I'm watching you and I'm going, he's playing this with a controller. No wonder he hit the wall. You need, you need pedals and a <laughs> wheel, man. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, what, I mean, yeah, what is your go-to? Yeah, between, between, he's just got a controller, Oh, man. he's just got a controller. Because yeah. his son has just got me set up with a computer, but I haven't gone into the Fanatec and all that sort of stuff yet. So have got any ideas on what I should get? <laughs> I'm not so, a controller. So on, 
No, honestly, I mean, I'm an ambassador for an esports team called Lazarus right now. Okay. And the pro, the professional gamers, they use controllers because the wow. input on the controllers is faster than the steering wheel. So huh. the ah. only time you use the steering wheel is on the ovals because you can be more precise. So it's really interesting that you said that because it's like, oh man, I think we need a steering wheel. But honestly, the professional guys that we play with are playing with controllers. Interesting. So it's really interesting, but. I love playing with those guys, right? Because it's like the professional gamers and then us, like the professional gamers, like they destroy me, Alex and Spencer and Colton Herda. And like, we think we're okay, but then we get absolutely destroyed by these guys. But that's like, but that's the fun part about it, right? Like who would have thought that we actually have normal lives just like everyone else, right? Like what are we doing on a Wednesday? What are we doing on a Wednesday night? Well, we might play Xbox. Who knows? Like we've done our work for the day. We've done our training. Like we are normal people just like everyone else. And that's what I think. I really enjoy sharing with, you know, with our fan base and with people is like, we will absolutely go head to head with you on an Xbox game because guess what? Like we're normal people just like you. We want to have fun. We want to have a good time. We want to embrace, you know, we want to play racing games. We want to play even like even, even get any game, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. and that's what I like to bring to our fan base. That's it. The Speed yeah. City Challenge. Race Connor Daly on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you you know this, and certainly Alex does. I mean, you know, um, I was with Esteban Gutierrez in in um, in Sonoma a few weeks ago, and he is the sort of simulator driver now for for Mercedes. And you know, we were talking about the value of simulator work, and I mean, you know, just on a serious level, uh, and your professional, you know, in your professional life too. Any work you can get, especially when there's new circuits and so on and so forth, like when you came to Kodo and so on, um, you know, the games are so good now that you can actually learn something from, from playing them. Absolutely. I mean, we're in, we're in an incredible era of technology right now. And, I mean, I, I spent two years as Force India's simulator driver. I mean, yeah. I, I developed their simulator program from the ground up. And, and you know, we spent a lot of time at McLaren and, um, you know, long nights at the simulator because – what we were trying to do was going to be on the real car, you know, in two weeks time. So, you know, I've been a part of that and I know what that's like. And, and, and obviously Esteban is, is, is part of that program as well with Mercedes, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're, you're exactly right. The technology right now in our sport is, uh, is so far advanced and it is always improving that um, because it costs so much to put a car on the track for one day, yeah. uh, you know, they're trying to figure out how can we put a car in a virtual world more often and potentially, you know, substitute that with, um, you know, with what we're doing on, on, on the simulator. So it's a really interesting program to be a part of. For sure. and, you, and, you know, you talk about it is interesting time in technology because you have all sorts of other games that kids can play, whether it's, uh, you know, NFL or whatever, but none of them come anywhere near as close to simulating actually getting behind True. the wheel or, or, you know, because there's no way you can simulate football or, ba- or basketball the same way. But it's like I was saying with Jan Mollenborough, and they, they should do other ones like this where you yeah. compete to maybe get into the Maserati Indy or something or get into Formula 3 or Formula 4 yeah. is to compete online mm-hmm. because those guys are, are, I think multiples have proven if they're that good on simulators, they're gonna, it's going to translate to a car to some degree at least. <laughs> well, now that you've said that, though, I haven't seen one of those simulator guys really make it yet. I, I know Yan yeah. Hardborough, and I've seen him drive, and I know... You know, I know those guys. I, I truly don't think for, for for at least the next five to ten years, we won't see a pure simulator driver be transformed into a real road racer mm. because what we do takes so much refinement, right? Like we start 
at age 10, right? And, and if you start at age 10 in a simulator, I, I don't, that's not the same as feeling the road and feeling the, the yeah. G forces and feeling everything that a driver feels, you know what I mean? So I, I don't yeah. know if we're there yet, but, but as technology advances, perhaps that could be a possibility. But I think for now, there are very impressive simulator drivers that are actually making money in the simulator world and potentially making more money than yeah. us yeah. in IndyCar. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, I do think that, you know, we're not there yet, but at some point, I think there will be a big push for, uh, a real high quality simulator driver to get a you know to get some sort of road to indie drive or F three F two whatever that is yeah, yeah. I, I think how much money some of these guys can make as YouTube or I don't, yeah. I'm certain yeah, yeah. Twitch can be monetized as well so yeah maybe they- yeah just stay on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> please <laughs> well and, and the biggest thing is obviously <laughs> yes you could be a fantastic simulator pilot or driver or whatever you want to be uh, but you're not taking any risk at that point and I think to, to, exactly. to be you know you take a guy that's done 10 years of that and throw him into the month of May good luck <laughs> my good luck my friend because yeah. that's a whole different ball game um, to do it for real yeah. versus to do it when oh I hit the wall like you said in your little twitch thing it's like nah <laughs> you guys take yeah. a, I mean, you, are, you are prepared to put your lives on the line, and I think that's what the difference is between people like myself who talk about it and people who actually do it, is that we're not prepared to do that. And I think that is one thing that will never change out of the simulator. Yes, you will find a rare guy that is capable and has that cojones to do it, but I don't think it's, it's going to be rare. No, you're right. I mean, indie, indie right now takes absolute maximum commitment. I mean, honestly, I don't see anyone... I mean, it, it's hard to think of a just a human off the street could could mentally commit to what we're trying to do out there. I mean, it is you know this year yeah. more than ever. Obviously, this year I actually had a good car, so it was it was something that when you're going out to qualify, you're going out to try and you know make the fast nine and and, and be you know that that upper echelon of of driver. And mm-hmm. it is very much risking your life. It is very much putting your life on the line. And when, when you know when you're in a simulator in your basement, you're not doing that. You know what I mean? And yeah. And this is something where, you know, it's 90 degrees out, the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour, you're not really sure what it's doing, but you got to go out there and you have to put your foot down hmm. and you have to absolutely drive at the absolute limit of your human life. So I don't think that we're there yet on the, on yeah. the simulator side, but, but I certainly did feel more so than ever this year what it's like to try and fight for, you know, the Fast 9 and, 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 and being a part of that upper echelon of the Indy 500 you know, qualifying group. And that, that is something that I, I, I really think is, um, you know, it, it, it's for the very few people that are, you know, that are out there in our sport. Well, Connor, we just got like a minute or so left. Uh, I got to ask you about the IndyCar season. Your, your buddy Alex Rossi's kicking butt. And uh, well, what about the season so far? What do you think? It's been awesome, man. I honestly think Alex is going to win the championship. Uh, bet all your money on it. Um, <laughs> the guy's going to probably win the next three races. Uh, I mean, he is sitting pretty near me right now. He's but, clearly uh, buying you dinner, then, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, he is buying dinner. We're about to head there now, but but I, I, I honestly think the Andretti Autosport team is in a great spot. Uh, Joseph is doing an incredible job. The season has been so competitive, yeah. and honestly, I, I could, I might end up in at least a few more races this year. But um, <laughs> but as a, as a fan myself, um, I do enjoy what we're seeing, and I think that. Will it go down to the last race? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a new garden Rossi battle. And I, I think America and, and racing in general um, are going to really enjoy that fight. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens for it.
I mean, that really is the ultimate. Two young Americans going for it. I know we've had that in previous seasons, but you had Dixon in and, and everywhere else. But but like you say, two guys that, uh, I mean, either one, you know, there's a lot of fans following both guys. Uh, Rossi's had his success. Uh, Joseph's had his already. But a head-to-head fight for the last race. Awesome. Yeah, and, jo- and, and honestly, Alex is in a contract year, right? So he wants to make that money. So he's yeah, not, he's not show me the money. One of the win the championship, but he's about to, you know, he's about to get paid in a big way. So he, and he should. He knows what he <laughs> wants to do. Yeah, and he should. I agree. The guy's, you know, he, he needs to pay for my dinner tonight. So he's <laughs> pay big money for next year. There you go. Hey, Connor, thanks a lot for coming on. I know you guys had some other plans. I really appreciate you jumping on the, the call with us. And, uh, hey, best of luck for the rest of the season. Of course, we'll be watching all your channels, including Twitch and Twitter and InstaFace and whatever else you got. <laughs> InstaFace. <laughs> hey. I appreciate it, guys. Maybe I'll be in another IndyCar race soon. We look forward to it. Thanks, Connor. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right, see you guys. All right, let's go straight to a break. We went long on that one. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas, and we'll be back after these short messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. Hey, I'm Tanner Faust, one of the hosts of Top Gear, and thanks for listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. During the break, we had a spot from Cellus Brewery here in Austin, and uh, you've probably seen some news in, uh, about their financial troubles, but they have done some reorganization, and they're still open. We had Jonathan was over there on a soccer show this morning. We were watching yep. the America's Women's Cup win that awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dominating, by the way. That yeah, was, I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of soccer, but I was like, uh, they spent most of the – most of the match in the uh, nether regions side of the field, or Netherlands side of the field. <laughs> Not in the nether, nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> How much soccer have you watched? <laughs> anyway, Sellers Brewery. Freudian slip. Sellers Brewery is open for business. Exactly. Hey, and we will and be clearly back. Clearly, John's mind is too. <laughs> Could probably. <laughs> he could probably use a beer about now. He could. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, and we'll be back out there on the 24th for our Beers and Gears, and that is a red, white, and blue patriotic month. And uh, we're, we're lining up. So anything Jer- red, white, or blue? Any car red, white, or blue? That's Red, white, blue, American. That's Come pretty on, much it. You're, you're almost covering virtually any car. That's so, how I like that. Uh, yeah, so that's I could, easy. So I could bring my Herbie then, because that's white with 53 on. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And I could, it's got red seats. Is that a reference back to... Uh, 
Alexander Rossi's nickname? Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Man, that you know, he was talking about Alex. And by the way, we're going to talk a bunch of Formula One here in a bit, and we're going to talk some MotoGP. But um, and we're gonna, we've got some clips from Kate Walker because Jonathan had an interview with her, yep. and she's an amazing Formula One journalist. She was been with us a couple times like when she was in Monaco. So we're going to have those later in the show. But we got a couple other things I want to talk about, too. Uh, like in the W Series this weekend, American Sabre Cook, she finished highest that she's finished all year in seventh. Oh, that's good. And Shay Holbrook had a disaster, man. She had she was uh, she was running around, and, and she said something doesn't feel right in the tires, and it wasn't showing up on the telemetry, or they don't have pressure telemetry. I don't know. And they drove her through the pits and said, everything looks good. And then she went back out, and, and then she did have a puncture. So she, she did not have a great race this weekend, but... Uh, Martia, I forgot her last name in W series. Um, uh, she had a great weekend and, uh, dominated kind of like uh, has been happened a couple of times. So it's really heating up that series. Martia, really Marta Garcia. Yeah. Marta Garcia and, and Jamie Chadwick. Yeah. And Jamie Chadwick had a great uh, opening to the season. So it's, it's been a good season she's, if you haven't watched it. Yeah. She's leading the championship as Jamie. She's the uh, Brit from, she's for the girl from Brit, uh, Great Britain. Um, and she's already got a factory drive with Aston Martin. Um, which is pretty impressive. Um, I, I think this is working for these girls. They're getting the exposure that we want, and the TV's everything. You know, that's yeah. You know, hey, also want to talk about Pato Award. I think we touched yeah, yeah. on it on our Formula One pre or post race show last weekend. But uh, but you know, he's now racing in Super Formula in Japan, and I was going. I, I do. I'm not clear on that as far as the series. I was thinking, and I start doing some research, and it looks like. It's it's like they it's sort of a spec series and Jonathan you know about it is it is it like the second fastest series but behind Formula One uh, pretty is it much faster than IndyCar or uh, similar can, it's similar actually yeah I mean it is Japan's form of Formula One if you will it used to be Formula Nippon um, and it's a uh, it's actually sired some great drivers in the past including uh, the likes of Eddie Irvine um, back in his day um, more recently uh, Van D- uh, Stoffel Van Dorn came from there um, and there's still Kaiki Kovalainen in it at the moment. Nick Cassidy from the Toyota Racing Series has done it. Um, and more importantly, to get mentioned, Pato War, this has come f- so quickly for him. Yeah. Um, he, of course, is Patricia Award. Is the he's known as an IndyCar driver at the moment because he was the Indy Lights uh, champion or runner-up, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, runner-up. Runner um, and to Colton. And they were teammates. He then kind of moved around a little bit, got an opportunity to get into the Red Bull program, join the Red Bull program. They fired Dan Tictum, who had won Macau twice in a row, so that's how I know him. Um, He got the Red Bull drive with Lucas Auer in Japan. Lucas is firing on all cylinders, has been getting podiums, and Dan has not. Um, and so they got rid of him. And, you know, typical typical Red Bull. <laughs> if you ain't performing, they got rid of him. So they got rid of him, and they've now replaced him with Patricio Award. Who lives, I know he's from Mexico, but he lives in San Antonio right down the road. Exactly, but um, he's learning Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A couple other stories. Les, you had one about uh, Daniel Ricardo. That was... I saw that in your notes. There are some interesting things going on, and you know, this early, it's uh, it is really just uh, rumors, but rumor has it that there is interest from Ferrari in Daniel Ricciardo, and that Valtteri Bottas is also on Ferrari's wish list. <laughs> you know that, but that is a long 
going story. Ricardo has been on Ferrari's wish list for a while for a couple of reasons. Um, he is, if you like, by ancestry, an Italian with a name like uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Ricciardo. Ricciardo. He's also been very connected. He's got his own car company. I think they're based in Italy. Yeah, the um, cart. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and um, yes, he's been. He's never shied away from saying he would one day love to race for Ferrari. So yeah, watch this space. But uh, that was one of the subjects I talked to Kate about, which was the silly season is almost getting underway now uh, simply because you've got the likes of Ocon on the sidelines and you've got, like you say, rumors starting. Um, so, yeah, should we, can we... Uh... Yeah, let's do that. Let's go ahead and play the clip you did with Kate just a few minutes ago about the silly season. Because um, poor Pierre Gasly, you know, for the last few races, he's also been surrounded by the um, the same Brendan Hartley mutterings of how long is he going to last in his seat? Um, you know, so they, you know, I I think that Red Bull are going to keep him um, until the end of the season because there's not really anybody to replace him with. There's, but um, yeah, he, he, there's there's a possibility of the Red Bull seat being open at the end of the year. Um, Max's win last week was supposed to be a massive relief for the Red Bull team because apparently he could have broken his contract early if he hadn't won at least one race by the summer break. Um, so there was a brief prospect of two Red Bull seats being up for grabs and there are definitely not two drivers on the Red Bull Junior program at the moment. How about Alonso to Haas instead of Grosjean and Alonso gets to run part NASCAR with Haas and Oh, Formula One. And so, the on the one hand, that sounds like a great idea. On the other <laughs> hand, if Steiner doesn't like Romance moaning on the radio, he <laughs> is no way <laughs> going to be able to cope with Fernando. <laughs> okay, I bow to your superior knowledge. Absolutely correct. You're 100% correct but it would make a good netflix show oh it would be great i you know yes you have points so you can have dinner but you, you have to pay for it because you whinge too much <laughs> so are you serious i mean okay yes gasly's seat's been but i mean he was a question from australia never mind you know now yeah he really has been um i think i think it's just because it's getting closer to the to the summer season i mean everybody wants to see ocon back in a seat not least toto wolf he's been quite a sort of a, a lonely figure in the paddock it's really it's a bit not actually lonely i mean he's a lovely guy and he's friendly to people and um very popular but when you see somebody who you're used to seeing in a race suit wandering around in a team t-shirt and jeans and you know you know that you know want you know they want to be wearing the nomex not the t-shirt so um yeah it's it's a bit sad and hopefully um they will be able to sort him out for next season so who in your mind then has not been performing where they should be and therefore should be looking looking at their back you know in terms of Forget the team's ability, whether it be Williams or Ferrari. I mean, is there anybody you see as underperforming? Yeah, absolutely. I um, mean, in, interesting you should mention Williams. Um, the Robert Kubica comeback story hasn't been the story that everybody yeah. hoped it would be. Um, yes, the car's terrible, but he's also consistently slower than Russell, which is unfortunate. Um, the other one who's underperforming but doesn't need to watch his back for obvious reasons is a certain Lance Stroll. Um, yeah. the, I think I think he's probably his seat is probably safer than Lewis's. Really, <laughs> it's I tell you, it's, it's an interesting. Yeah, I, I've been joking all along that uh, 
Mr. Stroll is a businessman, and if if his son is performing, he'll he'll take a business decision. But I I I, uh, I, I that hope. will be an interesting know. situation. Yeah, and the, the, the ironic thing is, is that I don't actually think Lance wants to be an F1 driver anyway. I mean, he seems to be doing it to make his dad happy. He's not got the the fire in his belly um, or the passion for it. You can see it when you talk to him. Um, you can see it in, her, in his performances, and he's perfectly capable, but he's just not excited by what he's doing. Um, so, you know, the sooner he buggers off and does something that makes him excited, you know, leave the opportunity to somebody else and go and find yourself a better life. You know, and I, I hate to say it because they're, they're chalk and cheese, but I, I feel that way about Rosberg. I feel that Rosberg did it because he wanted to win a world title as his father did. And as soon as he got it uh, against the best driver of uh, his generation, he said, that's me, I'm done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. He just wanted to prove a point to his dad and that was it. You know, what you did, I could do it too. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Damon Hill did it. Jack Villeneuve did it. Yeah. And, Jack um, was probably the one I would say was the most, and still is, the most interested in racing. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a passion for him. And like with, I mean, with Damon, don't forget, he, whatever he felt about racing, he also felt a moral obligation to restore yeah. the family's fortunes, you know, because they lost so much money after the plane crash with all of the various lawsuits and bits of insurance and what have you, um, that his racing career was what kept his mum from penury as a widow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, I know that's certainly a driving force. It's just not a driving force anybody envies. Wow. You know, that's funny she said that about Lance Stroll because when I've I, seen him in the paddock, he, he came off to me as kind of a spoiled brat, but maybe he's just really not happy. This is not what his passion, you know? I, <laughs> I think there's a little bit of truth to that. He is, I mean, he's been driven this way. And I mean, I, I spent some time with him when he was, a, you know, when he was a teenager back in, in, in New Zealand. And I, and I think I got that sense too. Huh. All well, right, well, let's go know, ahead and take a break. There's we, a yard that needs mowing. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk MotoGP. We got Vito from Ducati Austin Ooh. on the line. We're going to talk to him right after these messages. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point and shoot six gun finger, the hang loose thumb and pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club with exclusive members only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine, and roadside service. The Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you! Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at Haggerty.com today. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Doctor, doctor, won't you please prescribe me something? A day in the life of someone else, cause I'm a hazard to myself. Hi, I'm Wayne Rainey, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. 
Welcome back to the show. Our producer has no idea who Wayne Rainey is, probably, but it's perfect segue into the next... And I will be next, working for Wayne Rainey next weekend. Next weekend, that's right. At Laguna Seca. Moto America. All right, we're going to jump right to our guest because we have Vito from uh, Ducati Austin. Uh, Vito, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, welcome, John. John, and is Les there? Oh, he yeah. Is, he is here. Oh, All yeah. right. All right. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, doing? I got my Ducati shirt on. He's, yeah. All right. Me too. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. He always has one on, though. That count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, Vito, I want to talk to you. We're going to talk a little MotoGP here in a minute, but you guys, we've talked about it a little bit, but you, I want you to talk about it because you got some big news for you and your company, and that is San Antonio. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we, uh, we uh, acquired the San Antonio Ducati and uh, Triumph dealership um, down in, uh, or right down in central San Antonio. Um, we took him over about, about a month ago now. Does that wow. mean I get to so drive, ride a cri- Triumph now as a Brit? <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's a tough adjustment for me. Cause I'm a, I'm a dire hired Ducatisti, but, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jonathan, you can come over and drive a Triumph. Ah, awesome. Yeah. Not we're going to try to bring the, uh, the same experience that we have at Ducati Austin down to San Antonio. We, uh, it's called CTX Motorworks. Uh, we renamed it, rebranded it, and we brought one of the best GMs I think we could find in the country. I know We're that name. One of the biggest dealerships and, uh, and also uh, has a lot of industry experience with Triumph and Ducati and a couple of the other major European and uh, metric brands. Cool. Uh, that I is, love it. That, that is awesome. And I know the guy you're talking about, Jamie, right? And he, he's, yeah. got, he's got experience with Ducati, like he said, and, and Triumph. So that is, is amazing. And, you know, I, I don't want to trash an, 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 the previous dealership, but I just know that you guys are going to do a fantastic well, job down there so at, I've hung like out you with, do here. Yeah, I've hung yeah. out with Jamie a bit, and I can say he fits the Ducati Austin family atmosphere open you know, come on in, check it out. Yeah, sit on it. Let's fire it up. Let's and that is Jamie all over. So great yeah. partner in this. So that means yeah. we're going to have to do two barbecues now on MotoGP weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll 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 do two, but we'll probably have to still the big party down in Austin because you know we're the closest to the track, and uh, sure, we're just going to sort of expand the uh, sort of the family down all the way down to uh, San Antonio. So. Our goal is to, you know, make Central Texas, you know, Ducati and Triumph for everyone, and uh, same being the same, uh, you know, good family experience to everyone and uh, premium service. You know, take care of everything. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank um, you. Hey, Vito, we're up that sort of summer break now for MotoGP. What's your take on the season so far? It looks like uh, he's going to run away with it. Uh, young Marquez, what ten now at Saxon Ring? <laughs> yeah. T- Ten wins, ten podiums, and ten poles. Wow! Uh, wow! I, you know, you, you, I'm a, I'm a Ducatista, a Ducati fan, but the man is amazing, Mark Marquez. You can't take anything away from him. No, nope. he he rides incredible. He's uh, he's 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 where it's at right now. Everyone else is sort of fighting for second. Uh, you know, Dovey's as you know, Cal Crutchlow said it the other day. I think in one of his interviews that maybe Dovey has lost his way a little bit. He's been struggling with the bike and. Today wasn't a good day. They were 16.6 seconds behind Marquez, uh, Petrucci, and Dovey. They both finished. Uh, you know, Petrucci actually was fourth, and uh, Dovey was fifth. But um, we're hoping that they bounce back after summer break. You no, know, Saxon Ring has been a uh, mm. Marquez track for a long time. Um, so we'll, we'll, we're hoping that they, you know, bounce back and in the next few races, well, we'll pull that gap back down. 
Well, yeah, and with, I mean, you you can't be too upset. I think I was teasing you over text when you were trying to get you on the yeah. show. It's like, yeah, I know you guys didn't have a great weekend, but you got Dovey in second and Petrucci in third for the in the championship standing. So, you know, you got to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Petrucci's been a, a, you know, I think for a lot of people he's been a surprise, but he was always consistent and did well, you know, with the bikes that he had because he was on, an independent team than even in the past when he was on the, uh, you know, even further back in the independent teams when he, when he came into MotoGP, he's a bigger guy and he's, you know, he's sort of gotten to shape and conditioned. And this year he's trained hard with Dovey, you know, both physically and mentally to, you know, to come back up in MotoGP. And he's, he's been a big surprise for a lot of people, but for the people that sort of knew him, I think he's, you know, he's, he's sort of living to where his, you know, up to, you know, to his potential. Well, it's been fun to watch him because I like you described. I, of course, I've heard his name and I've followed him a little bit, but it's it's just been a little surprising how well he's done. I was looking at the points a minute ago. I was like, wow, he's basically what six points behind Dovey, and you know, I think of Dovey as one of the best in the sport right now. So yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So what else? What else is going on at the dealership? I mean, you guys, uh, the the news of San Antonio is huge, but what about bikes and stuff coming in? Uh, you know, um, this year, the big thing has been the, you know, the Panigaliar, which is what uh, Alvaro Bautista, you know, won the first 14 races in uh, in World Superbike with. That was sort of the big announcement. Then there's the new Diablo, which has been pretty exciting. It's actually, uh, it's it's a pretty cool bike if you're, uh, you know, into the sort of the muscle cruiser oh, yeah. kind of bike. It's It's been a blast. I've been riding it around a lot, and uh, I sort of love it. Um, but the, you know, the, all the news has been around the superbike, the V4s, and uh, we're all excited because uh, there's a group of us going. Uh, we're leaving actually Friday morning. We're going to World Superbike in Laguna Seca to watch the races, and on Monday actually ride too. Oh. The day after. Well, hello. No, yeah. no, I will be there too. He'll be I on mean, the microphone. Hello. <laughs> I, I mean, right, you well. know, hello. We need to talk. <laughs> Well, great. I'll be there. I'll be breaking in my brand new V4 myself, so maybe Jonathan can come on back. All right. Sounds good to me. I'll bring me Triumph. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Vito, what else? You guys, y'all still doing a regular bike night and uh, track days yeah. occasionally? Yeah. Yeah. So um, bike night's the first Thursday of every month at Red's Porch in Breaker Lane. And uh, our next track day is August 24th, 25th at uh, Coda, of course. We do it in conjunction with Ride Smart. It's a good time. We have our own uh, garages, and our, we bring out the whole crew. We have breakfast, lunch, and a little uh, adult beverage at the end of the day, you know, to celebrate it all. So that that's coming in August, and we're we're looking to do a we're working with another company to do a special uh, invitation only event in mid September at Coda. Ooh, awesome! Hey, Vito, just go a little deeper into that. What do you need to be able to go to a track day? If somebody's yeah. tuning in and listening in, uh, do they have to have their own bike or not? Yeah, so you need to have your own bike. It doesn't need to be a super bike. I mean, in the Ducati family, if you had a Monster, a Diavel, a Multistrada, we have people go on every bike that we sell. So if you had, a, say, even a Triumph Bondable, that would be a perfectly fine bike because it's really not about setting the fastest lap time. It's about learning how to ride your bike, learning how to be safer, more in control. So almost any bike will, will work. Uh, what you need to have is really just the proper gear. Uh, right. And if you're in like a newer, newer rider, you just need a, you know, some leather pants and jacket that zip together, gloves, boots, a good full-face helmet, 
um, you know, that's less than five years old, preferably. And uh, because the, really the track days are open to any rider that knows how to ride a bike, has some experience on the street. You don't have to be a track day pro. You don't have to be a racer. You don't, I mean, you don't have to be the guy that's like, you know, look like someone that's on MotoGP dragging your knees. <laughs> and in fact, probably 80% of the guys and girls that go with us are new to track days. Hmm, that's great. Yeah, that's it very is. cool. And I've gone down there just to lurk and hang out in the garage. And it's a lot of fun. They're open, and you get to meet owners and hear their experience in dealing with these bikes and how they got there. And uh, and quite honestly, a lot of them, I know you have had bikes shipped to you for these days. So yeah. Th- that's yeah. way cool, I think. Yeah, and, and the, the, really the nice thing about it, it's not a free-for-all. It's you, You're not going out there and just, like, riding around the track. Mm. Uh, unless you're a very experienced rider, you're going to class riding with instructors and then you're going back to class and you're cycling through that the whole day long so that you're, you're learning how to ride better and you're, you're learning, how, get, getting that instruction during that whole day. So you're not out there on your own trying to, trying to figure it all out. It's, it's a really good environment. It's a safer environment than trying to do it on the street, trying to, you know, learn your limits on braking or acceleration or leaning. So it's it's a good time, and it's it's really most people that do it. It's a it, the only uh, the only bad thing it could become a little bit addictive. That's the only downside to the whole thing. Yeah, wow. But Vito, I think you make the biggest point of all, which is people don't know what. Un- what is underneath them, and that goes for c- car drivers as well as bike riders. They don't know the full force of, of, of how well these things can break, uh, how engine braking really does work, how your lean angle helps you, your position on the bike. All of these things you never think of doing on the road because you're, you're dealing with 150 different things from traffic and everything else. Whereas on a track, you really can concentrate and, and almost set an objective, a goal for yourself and say, I want to do this and I want to get better at, at, at X, Y, and Z my body position my, how hard you know how hard can i break and so on and so forth and uh, and i the, i really do sort of encourage anybody who 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 rides a bike to go out and do a track day yeah i mean i've been riding since uh, <clears throat> 1981 um <laughs> but uh you know and i still learn stuff every day and i you know one of my friends came out with me who we used to race together back in in the 2000s and uh you know he said my riding's better than it's ever been and it's it's really because you go to the track and you work on things and you, you keep on practicing, trying and learning. And it's a good environment to do it because on the street, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're trying to get somewhere. And on the track, you have that, they have the instruction and the safety of being on the track with everyone going the right direction, everyone doing sort of the same thing. It's just the, it's the right place and the good place to do it. I bet you a lot of people do this, uh, you know, Fun is probably their number one, but you, when you're there, you're probably thinking, you know, this is going to make me safer on the street because I've, I've learned the limits of the bike. 100%. Yeah. Well, Vito, thanks, yeah, buddy. Man. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Congratulations yeah. on San Antonio. Yeah, we had to get you yeah, on. You really guys, good. you've been sponsors from day one of Speed City. We had to get you on to talk about the San Antonio deal and get to the usual yeah. MotoGP insight. So thanks, thanks, Vito, for coming on, and uh, we'll, we'll see you up at the shop sometime soon. All right, I'll see you in uh, Laguna Franca too, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when are you getting there? I'll be there Friday evening. All right, cool. I'm getting in there Thursday night, so I'll see you Friday. Uh, well, I'll see you Saturday morning. <laughs> All right, see you guys. All right, thanks, thanks for you. Travel safe. Bye-bye. All right, let's go ahead and take a break and listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. We're going to talk a little more Formula One after the break.
spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hey! Hello, I'm Jenny Gare from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, so has Alonzo and McLaren parted ways or not? I think officially it looks like they have not. Because all they these that, news outlets uh, came out and said, "Oh, he's done. He's you know he's ends his partnership with McLaren." I after. think they're like that reluctant high school couple that were sweethearts for so long, <laughs> and they're he's trying to Gene Haas. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> let's start that rumor. Yeah. There you go. He's and, doing a NASCAR Indy 500 and Formula One program for Haas. I want to come back. Wanted to come back to that because we had uh, Vito on on scheduled, but that yeah. that would be that would be awesome to have. I mean, nothing against Grosjean, but if Alonso wants to come and do Formula One and NASCAR, that'd be... Are you going? <laughs> I, I think that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be really interesting. But uh, uh, the short answer is he's still a brand ass ambassador for McLaren. And so, uh, you know, it's whether he's going to be behind the wheel on a regular basis, you know, running under a green flag, I don't hey, know. Hey, don't count him out for a potential Formula One comeback with a top team. I mean, if Red Bull seriously are looking around to to replace Gasly, the, the time would be now. But I don't think, uh, I'm not so Do sure. Do you think Honda that's would... where he would want to go? No, uh, not with Honda. Wouldn't have him. Exactly. So that's that. But um, he could. Uh, yeah. Trouble is, he's burned a lot of bridges. Is all Fernando? Yeah. He's yeah, got, but but he's you got to figure he's still way up there on his level of skill. You it know? really would. I tell you what, if Botas vacates the seat, <laughs> now that I would yeah. love to see. Oh man, that would be crazy. Hey, right, speaking hey. of uh, big names in the industry, I, I wanted to highlight one that we lost this week, Lee Iacocca. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Lee Iacocca's history, uh, really is phenomenal. I mean. Uh, most prominently back in the 60s, he was uh, the father of the Mustang, if you will, the Ford Mustang. Did a lot of things. He actually is also the guy that uh, kind of created that relationship between Ford and Carroll Shelby. Yep. And uh, gave Carroll Shelby the first of the V8s that Ford came out with on that 260 and then the 289, good, good, good call, et cetera. Yeah. And so uh, he's been there. He went to the Chrysler Corporation and resurrected uh, the whole them company. corporately, basically. But he also invented a segment that is hugely popular because he invented the Chrysler minivan. That's right. I mean, and that's there was no minivan before he created that in Chrysler in about 1980. 
three or two, somewhere right in there. And I knew a guy, I used to deal with a man that knew him personally and just said the guy was, you know, just as good as they get. In fact, he was the one that pushed and paid for the restoration of the Statue of Liberty a few years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't realize that. And so uh, he, he does things a little behind the curtain in a way that uh, he doesn't get credit for. But uh, great man, great for the industry. Uh, definitely looking forward to somebody else stepping up and taking shoes like that. Hey, Jonathan, there's a couple of clips left that I want to try to grab one of these. We've got enough time for what, one of those. Um Kate on 2021, you think? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah we, I mean, by the way, just so you know, we did a whole podcast with yeah. Kate Walker and um, she, we've got a full uh, 30 minutes with her. And you bet. I, I, you know, we'll have it out in the morning. We'll have it out. And uh, we're also looking at putting out some over the week and we'll also uh, hopefully speak to her again uh, towards Silverstone because we are at that halfway point. So all the subject matters were to do with the sport, the future, and so on and so forth. Well, let's play, uh, let's play this one, Kate, on 2021. Well, I, that's, you know, that's a big question because it's all down to, you know, this is what they're still discussing and are going to present in October. I mean, the um, Ross Braun and his team of engineers have proposed what they think it should be. The FIA is the, is the outfit that eventually defines the technical regulation. Um, but the teams have an input. I mean, they're, they're looking at uh, removing some of the fuel lim limits so that we don't really see um, fuel flow uh, limiting you know, the whole lift and coast that we've seen quite a lot over the last few yeah. years. They're talking about rem removing removing some of the limits to help that. They're also talking about generally simplifying it, um, reducing, uh, removing a couple of the more complicated hybrid components. A, so that um, the lower the barrier to entry, co the cost to, to entry is lower um, should other manufacturers wish to join the sport, uh, but also so that it makes more sense to the average guy on the street, because what we have at the moment are incredibly complex beasts so we're still looking at we're looking at a simplified hybrid turbo is the most likely um and then they're talking about standardizing several parts such as the battery as well as part of the uh, the cost cutting yeah and this is i mean i'm i'm really glad that kate's on this because i think this is going to be a subject matter that we're all going to want to talk more and more of which is what's going to happen in 2021 uh, it's so important to liberty it's so important to us i.e the fans um and it's also uh make a break uh, in terms yeah. of where they go next you know but i'm thinking about the technology in like the mguks mgu the, right the, those devices are so cool and we don't as far as i know less i haven't seen a a turbo unit that can be spun up by battery power. I mean, there, there's we've got some amazing vehicles right now sure. with, with turbo lag removed, but that's in engineering technology like that. But I know we're going electric, supposedly. I don't know how quickly that's going to happen, but uh, those I hate to see those technologies completely go away to get too simplified because that's what I want in my Formula One. I, you know, there's the age-old argument again. Do we do we want the the very best racing all the time at the sacrifice of of technology, I, I love my Indy car, but it's not bleeding edge like Formula One. Right. So, exactly. I mean, this is this is the struggle. Well, this yeah, and in in the podcast we go into that we we drill down a little bit into that, which is what is the answer, and there is no there is no simple answer. Um, but but there is a need for the sport to be as good as any other sport, and Indy have yep. got it right right now. Here's um, what I think is missing: what is the purpose of Formula One? 
the objective. Is make it, money? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's somebody saying make money. The other, is it to drive technology and improvements? Is it to rattle your chest when they go blasting down the straightaway in front of you? What's your answer? It's not mine to answer. No, and I, I think that's where, I mean, Kate, you'll hear in the podcast, says that she thinks that the sport has lost its way. But, and I think that is the case. I think that, frankly, the technology now has got too too involved, too high up, that we've lost the sport, sporting yeah, sense. The pendulum has swung a little yeah, far. And yeah. we need to get back to the sport. Otherwise, you're just not going to have, it's not going to be legitimate. It's not going to be long-lasting. Yeah, we can't have too many races, you know. With last week's fantastic race, right? But we got to have more of those. There's been too many that have not. But you won. can't have the French Grand Prix. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up, guys. Hey, if you, you know, somebody tweeted us the other day, said, they said, hey, I just listened to one of your podcasts. They said, I've been following you on social. Didn't even know you had a podcast. And they listened to the radio. Oh, all of our shows. That's terrible. That is that's terrible. terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, all of our shows are up on iTunes. They're up on uh, Spotify. Probably any other place. We Post face, book face. Yeah, all those different worm, places. Twitter, Twiddle. <laughs> so, yeah, and Facebook. Tell you, and that's tell, it. And tell your friends to check us out. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.